Hello, hello. Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon. How is everyone doing? First things first, upfront music. So what I've just listened to is Descobrir, I think. I don't know. It looks like Portuguese. I might have just butchered the language. Descobrir by Ok Vesho and Sria. Ok I don't know. I will put the link in the notes. So that's what I just finished listening to. As I said from my last episode, I'm always going to uh, pepper my episodes with some feel-good vibes around either music or art or something really good food, something delicious and, you know, great. Um, and just so you know, I like an eclectic mix of music. And at heart, I am a hip-hop and R&B girl, especially specifically 90s hip-hop. But right now, this is what I've just finished this into. This is what I'm into at the moment. So that's that. Today, Dinner Conversations. Love that title. This is so interesting, guys. So I listened, well, I was reading this post on Facebook about this lady has rules for dinner table, for the dinner table at her house. Really fascinating. I think she's an author. I know she's um, deaf. And what... I just thought this is really interesting because, and I want to talk about it because I feel quite strongly, I have strong views about um, dinner, dinner table conversations and, and how I've wanted to raise my family and the environment in which I want, want them to, you know, the kind of environment I want to have in my house. But I just wanted to go through some of her rules and talk about them. So basically, she's, she believes that if there's anybody in the table that wants to have a conversation, that those people that want to have the conversation are responsible for in, in making a, the conversation accessible to everybody. If it, everybody, every member of the family, even if it's a six-year-old or a toddler, that if the conversation is too high level, it should be brought down to a level in which to enable the six-year-old or the toddler to participate. If it's if they can't do that, then it's not appropriate conversation to have at the, din- the dinner table, that private conversations should happen in private spaces. Also, if somebody's missed something that was said in the dinner t- on the dinner table, it should be repeated. And um, and obviously there's some guidelines, so if it's inappropriate or the, the child um, hasn't responded or reacted appropriately, then the person who's initiated the conversation would just tell the child Let's say if the child is making a joke during a serious conversation, then that person would say it's not really a funny conversation, it's a serious one. So it's interesting. She doesn't teach her children not to in- that interruptions are rude and that they should listen um, to a conversation and guess when they should join. And she really believes that these social norms that I've just detailed are unfair towards people that have hearing issues, people that are new to the table, children and the neurodiverse. So I thought this was really, really interesting because I've been of the mind that I have wanted to um, always, like when I was going to have a family, I had an ideal that I want an opportunity for us to dine together, to converse, to create a space over mealtime to talk about our day and whatever's on our mind and topics and whatever's going on with us. And that's an opportunity to bond and talk and share and I want, and I wanted an opportunity for everybody 
children, everyone to be involved in the dining table, that everyone has a voice and everyone can have an opinion. And the, uh, that is me. That was me. That's me wanting to create space for that. So I, I was listening to, I read this um, post and I've been, I found it really thought provoking and it made me think about, well, what do we do at home? Um, and it's interesting. We've recently, my daughter does, has been interrupting us in the middle of conversations and so we have taught her to say excuse me but do we exclude her from the conversation that's the question I'm wondering or do we include her and I think it's she's excluded from the conversations because sometimes they are well I guess it's interesting this lady says private conversations but they are I guess so if I'm talking to my husband I'm talking to my husband it's I'm not really inviting my daughter to come and um, have an input in the conversation. Um, and what's interesting, why this is also interesting is because she's of the age now where she's beginning to pick up things. So, for example, the other day my husband was doing something over the weekend and he came back and relayed a story and talked about the teacher and mentioned her name. And later on, the next day or later on, my daughter said, oh, is... Um, daddy with you know is is daddy with sophie who's teaching the class i was like sophie who's sophie and she remembered his she remembered the teacher's name so it was just like nuts so i was like what and i didn't even you know like we didn't even realize she's in the room kind of thing when we're having these conversations so we have to be really conscious so conscious of the fact that she can hear everything and she can pick everything up which I've known that she's getting a bit more aware, but I guess it's the first time it came back. I got the feedback loop and she actually repeated something. That was, a bit, that was a bit scary. So what do we do? We do have a lot of conversations in private. We do have, there are times often where I might be doing something and then I might exclaim or I might say something and she'll be like, oh, what is it? What happened? And I don't think it's, and I might say, oh, you know, I just burnt my hand on here. Oh, I just dropped something. Oh, I might, I guess I'm quite dramatic, to be honest with you. So everything's like, oh my gosh, whatever. And she should be like, what's happened? And I guess, and I would explain it, but I don't actually want her to, I don't want to be explaining things to her that much because she is getting like concerned about something that she ought not to get concerned about because it's a nothing because she's five and I don't want her to be concerned about these things. But I guess if she's inquisitive and she's asking questions, then um, I ought to respond to them. But maybe I ought to be aware of what I'm doing in those moments, ah, recognising that she's there, which is the same thing like this lady saying, private conversations ought to be for private spaces, maybe. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. And so how do I create a space around the dining table when I'm having conversations with my husband to be inclusive, this is the question. Because I want inclusivity, but, um, and this has caused me to reflect, I don't think we, we have it. You know, I was brought up where it was children should be seen and not heard, no voices ever. And I don't want that at all. And maybe it can so easily creep up. And I mean, generally, we don't, I mean, definitely she has her voice and her opinions and, and she knows it. 
I guess it's time. It's about when and how and being appropriate. And you know, I guess, but even in school, you can't just blurt out and enter into a conversation. You have to put your hand up and then speak. So there is this sort of signalling um, before kind of entering conversations. But I guess maybe this piece for me is thinking about um, all conversations around children. Children should be able. I'm getting children should be able to signal and then enter, as opposed to you cannot be involved in this conversation. Hmm. This is this is really fascinating. So this has given me some food for thought. I think I'm gonna uh, take this and have a chat with my husband and see what he what what he thinks, what his thoughts are around this, and see maybe we whether we ought to start. You know what we think about our conversations and um giving our children space to enter the conversations um, that we have in the right way. I mean, like, can they, the question is, can, are they invited in? Um, so, yeah, I just thought that was fascinating. I hope everyone's having a good week. Look, I'm going to try, you know, I put out three episodes a week of my podcast. I'm going to try to have a schedule, which is going to be Tuesdays, Thursdays, Saturdays. That's what I'm aiming for. Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. I think is realistic for me. We'll see how that goes. Now, quickly, before I go, an update on the exercise. Not good, guys. Not looking good. I slipped off the wagon. Do you know 90% of people give up on their... Um, 90% of people give up on their New Year's Eve resolutions before the end of January, it will not be me. It will not be me. So, and that's something to note. And secondly, from this book that I was reading that I was talking to you about, this influencing book, it said that um, if you make your goals, if you write them down, I think I'm going to write it down, and make it known, make it public, it gives you more accountability. So I'm making it public that I want to be exercising three times a week. So if I'm not exercising, I have to come and let you guys know it's not happened. And frankly, it hasn't happened the last few days. Mm, like a week, I think. Gotta be honest. I'm gonna get back on it. I gotta find time because I need to. Anyway, I hope if you're trying to exercise, if you are, I don't know if you are, but if you are, I hope you're doing way better than me. I hope you're having a good week. Please do share this with a friend, with a family member, if you think they might enjoy this, and we'll speak soon.